Well, hello and welcome to Q&A. We're so glad that you have joined us. If you are listening live right now, we would invite you to text in your question from the service this morning and the number's up on the screen. If you're listening back to us later as a podcast, we are thrilled that you've decided to tune in um, this morning, Alive by Grace, continuing through mm-hmm. Ephesians in chapter 2 with Jonathan Monk, our high school pastor, and so excited to have you this morning. Yeah, thanks. I think this is the first time we've done Q&A together. I think so, yeah. I'd rather be asking the questions, but, <laughs> but anyways. It, it'll be great. Yeah, yes. It's going to be awesome. So if you have questions, send them in. Um, but I have to say, so uh, towards the end, as you've said, he who loved me then mm-hmm. loves me now. That's something that I've written down mm-hmm. twice now as such yeah. a powerful reminder on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. There's such power yep. in that. Mm-hmm. When have you found that, um, like, is that something that resonates with you that's kind of like a daily reminder for you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think that as I've learned a lot from from Doug and Tony and other guys on staff, I think they're real big on repeating truth to yourself. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, I think that statement I wrote down, I think as I said, in my journal, uh, in our backyard, just one day, uh, home hanging out. and so. Anytime I, yeah, I wrote it down and then I try to walk through the day and just repeat it to myself. Because I think it's one thing to, for someone to write something down, but to repeat it and to say it out loud, I think helps me process it. And then um, that my feelings catch up to that, which is true. So, mm, that's a good yeah. point. And that's something we've talked about quite a few times yeah. in Q&A is about taking thoughts captive. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. applying truth over mm-hmm. those. So yeah. I think this is going to be something I'm going to be writing down yeah, and repeating to myself. Um, so we do have a question. So we'll go ahead and get started on question yeah. one. And if you guys think of anything else watching live, feel free to send it in. Um, so you also shared um, a very personal story on sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you walk, or the question is, how do you walk through sorrow daily? Mm-hmm. Sounds like the key there being the daily struggle of dealing with sorrow. Yeah, so I, um, I would, how do you walk through sorrow? I think um, a few things that come to mind first, and then um, maybe tomorrow I'll have a better answer. Because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, how do you walk yeah. through sorrow? I think, for, um, uh, I think from my wife's perspective, one of the things that Allison has done is she's good at, because especially I think the story that we shared about with Chloe is, is hard, but what's helped my wife and then where she has helped me is starting the day with with truth through mm. songs. And so uh, with three kids, our mornings are crazy, and people get up at like 6 or 6.30. Uh, so every, everybody needs food in the kitchen. We're all in the kitchen, and things are crazy. But we'll pull up the laptop and listen to, um, I don't know, some of the songs we heard this morning, Goodness mm. of God, uh, She Loves, Do It Again. I think that's an Elevation song maybe. But anyway, so hearing songs uh, I think is a good way to, that has helped us walk through sorrow. Um, I think um, talking to people that's been mm-hmm. that's been helpful. Obviously, uh, journaling, and then I would say um, reading the Psalms. I think the Psalms are. I mean, they're teach me how to pray. So, like one Psalm in particular would be. I try to find it real fast. Is like Psalm thirteen. Walking through sorrow is I. I think I follow the example, the model set in the Psalmist. Obviously, not all psalms are, a lot of the psalms are praise psalms, but like, I just turned to Proverbs, okay? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I do know, where, I know the books of the Bible in order. Uh, it's like psalm, a Bible drill, trying to find that's, them quickly. That's right, yeah, yeah. So Psalm 13, sorrow, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Mm-hmm. How long? So the psalmist is asking all these sorts of questions, 
And literally, in verse 2, it kind of going back to your question, I have sorrow in my heart all the day. And then he's pouring his heart out to the Lord. And as he's doing that, the psalmist, uh, it, David says, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So I think, um, <clears throat> and, and before the story that I shared about with, with uh, Chloe, and as I've just learned from other people who are walking through sorrow is, I don't want to walk through sorrow apart from Scripture. And um, I want to, in the same way I've maintained time with the Lord when things are good, it's in sorrow that I really want to press into Scripture and not sleep in late um, or go to bed without getting into the Word. And I think the Psalms are a great place to, to go to because they teach me that I can be, I think with our high school students, we did a series called, like, um, at a retreat, Being Honest to God, that I can pour my heart out um, and be real uh, to the Lord. So. I think that's a great encouragement to be in scripture and like specifically when you mentioned to not sleep in it. Yeah. Not, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of isolate yourself mm-hmm. or to allow your, that burden to overwhelm yeah. you, but that practice and the discipline to be with the Lord. And you'd said it um, in your message about looking through the lens of the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's a yeah. huge reminder and perspective shift. Yeah. To still be able to yeah. praise in those. Situations. Yeah. Even in bad news, there's, good news yeah um, and i mean like i think uh, to go back to what you said a second ago of, of getting up early and being with the lord i think that is important but some people watching it's like but with kids it is hard to do that, that. is so a whole nother I don't, yeah that's hard <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to say that we're, we do that consistently but sometimes right. it's not at five or six in the morning it's mm-hmm. finding time through the day right so but anyways no, I think that's a great encouragement <laughs> as a parent you know with yeah. young kids you get that reality yeah um but it's that um, that consistency of seeking out truth mm-hmm. in Scripture regardless of right. time of day. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so that kind of transitions into um, the next question. Um, so you talked about singing in your car. Uh, I said, I like <clears throat> the idea of using the time in my car as time with Christ. Do you have music or book or something you would recommend to listen to? Um, yeah, so with Lydia, we all, Matt Collins would love this. We, like, listen to one song by Matt Collins on repeat over and over and over again. But it's, it's a good one. Uh, I actually can't remember the name of it. I think Living Proof is, is, is the song. Um, but I, yeah, I can't think of any specific songs. Um, but, but books, I think probably one of the best books that Alice and I have listened to in the car was um, uh, Rosario Butterfield, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Hmm. That's not uh, so much related with sorrow, but it's just a good story of how the gospel changes you and how the gospel gets you to think outside of yourself, um, think about your neighbors, think about how to love people well. That, that's a good story. So that's probably been one of our favorite books to, to listen to in the, in the car. That's a, it's a good time, and I, I like that idea of using that time. Yeah. Um, it's quiet, yeah. you know, and unless you have kids in the car, then it yeah. could be a different story. But then certain yeah. books or music is yeah. a great way to have that time. Um, question here on encouraging someone else. So how do you encourage someone else who feels they're losing their battle with sin? They strive to do better, but feel so defeated like a failure when they mess up. All right. Read it one more time. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, how do you encourage someone else who feels they're losing their battle with sin? So it could be a friend, family member. Um, sounds like they're probably a believer in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. They strive to do better, but feel so defeated, like a failure when they mess up. 
Yeah, I, um, hmm. I thought it's good. I think that uh, for, to a friend or family member who feels like a, a failure, I think that I would want to point them to, to the truth of, um, I think uh, it sounds like with that person, I wouldn't want them just to go by how they feel, but by what is true. Kind of like what we talked about earlier about mm-hmm. just repeating truth to ourselves. So I would think that I would want to encourage them with like Philippians 1.6 that um, for I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So God, uh, to this person, friend or family member, we believe scripture is true. We live under the authority of his word. God at 15, 16, 20, 25, he began a good work in you. And we don't believe you can lose your salvation, and we believe that he will continue to work um, that which is good in you. Um, uh, yeah, so they feel like a failure. Yeah, I would, Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now, it's, it's a verse that we probably repeat to our high school students all the time. There's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Um, yeah. I think sometimes with a person who feels like a failure, the, the downside is we get so focused on ourselves and we lose sight of the cross. So, mm. a, um, again, a perspective change yeah. on what we're dealing with. Because I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I hear that word failure more often, whether it's in yeah. jest, like in joking or in seriousness. But I feel like I've heard that term more often in the past couple of years, like, oh, I'm yeah. just failing or that's a jokingly like a mom fail or whatever. And so I think there's that ability to take mm. truth and apply it to those situations. Yeah. Cause you can convince yourself of all kinds of things, yeah. um, but to focus on truth in those situations. Yeah. I think like I learned in a, uh, a, a counseling book of just to take my journal and write out questions like, okay, what does the scripture say about God? All right. He's my shepherd. He's this, he's this. Okay. What does scripture say about who I am in Christ? And then I write mm-hmm. those out. And then I, what does scripture say about suffering? And then I write those verses out. And so there's just something about, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm repeating myself. But <laughs> just this is what scripture says. And I want to um, constantly renew my mind. I think every day I have to realign my perspective, regain my focus of, of what's true. Um, yeah. And as I think, as I think about the question more, I, uh, it's easy to answer a question when you're not in this situation, but if that sure. was a in a real a friend or family member, I would probably want to do what people have done with me and probably just listen for a while. Mm-hmm. Listen and then try to understand the heart of what's going on. Maybe ask some follow-up questions and then maybe go to Philippians 1.6. Obviously, I wouldn't just respond within five seconds and be like, oh, just go read Philippians 1.6. I would, I would want to try to hear where they're coming from and obviously pause and pray and a good reminder yeah. to listen. Yeah. And I know as a church going through Bless yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, uh, yeah. we're in that and listen. So video last week and just reminders on being mm-hmm. a good listener. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's been something that's impactful in high school ministry yeah. specifically. I, kind of a shift off topic here, yeah. but like the power of listening yeah. like in ministering to students or others, how have you found that to be powerful? Like, and to serve them by listening? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, um, <clears throat> how have I seen listening impact them? Is mm-hmm. that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that high schoolers probably, in some cases, feel like people don't listen to them. 
And I think that there are high schoolers wanting to know, hey, do people know my name? Do you know what I care about? Do you know what I value? Do you know me? Um, and I think listening really, I think, communicates value. Like, hey, I really care for you. I think sometimes it's, it is easy to get distracted. Um, but I think being a, providing a listening ear to a high schooler, I think, goes a, a long way. Um, because in some cases, I think our high school students are just, man, do you hear me? Do you understand where I'm coming mm-hmm. from? And I think uh, that has gone over well. We have a few leaders, uh, Angela Myers, John Adams, who really model good, great listening. I learned a lot from from listening to them. (laughs) (laughs) A great example and so grateful for all those volunteers um, in those ministries. Well, those are all the questions that have come in this morning. Um, Is there anything else on your heart or that you wish you could have fit in that didn't have time that you would love to go over now or add to? Um, Yeah, maybe I think, uh, yeah, something that I cut out that I just didn't have Uh, time for. But in Ephesians, you know, I talked about the whole idea of like knowing your identity in Christ back when I was in a Bible college Mm -hmm. um, and and dating Allison. I think now um, Ephesians is still as practical now as it was then, because um, I think that it's been easy for me to think that, you know what, I just, I need more leadership skills or I need to know this, or "I, I need more practical things. And I think Paul in the last three chapters, um, this is what I would have said, but I didn't have time for, he deals with very practical things, but I think where the Lord was con- had convicted me in my preparation is that still now in my 30s, as a uh, husband, as a father, and as youth pastor, just as I need to go deep into my identity then, uh, as at 21 or 22, I still need to now, because growing in leadership is based on a foundational understanding of this is who you are in Christ. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was, yeah, just convicted. I, I probably would have shared this more if I had more time in the message that I don't grow out of my need for the first three chapters of Ephesians, uh, chosen, adopted, so forth. So that's probably what I would have added. And so valuable. I feel like that's kind of been a theme throughout this past year is like coming back to, and or, or just a reminder, at least for me personally, like my identity in Christ mm-hmm. and what that means. So Carfish was a great way yeah. um, to— Can you still say all seven or eight of them? Hang on. <laughs> Chosen, adopted, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, informed with, with purpose, purpose, sealed, heirs. That's right. You got, yeah. Yes. I, we well, did it, Doug. Yes. We did it. <laughs> He's going to be proud. Yeah, I forgot one of them, but uh, someone helped me out. So Anyways. It's okay. There's forgiveness. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, so, thank you so much yeah, for thanks. joining us, Jonathan. And we're so grateful that you have decided to hang out with us for Q&A. And so if you're listening back online later, or even if you're watching live, We would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever app that would be. Um, And that way you'll get reminders when new stuff pops up, because sometimes we do additional sessions during the week. Um, Thank you again for joining us. Hope you have a great day. See you.